Hi, this is Brian Habold. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. As of now, there will be a new episode every month. Besides that, you'll see some bonus content once in a while. When you subscribe to this channel, you will be notified when a new episode is available. It is my prayer that this message from the Word of God will give you hope and encouragement. Let's go to the message. Hi there, my name is Brian Habold. Welcome and thank you so much for listening. Today we're going to talk about the following topic, faith in action. And I actually made a video about the content we're going to cover today. Uh, the content of today is going to be more in depth than uh, the video. So if you haven't seen the video or you would like to see the video, you can find it on YouTube, Faith in Action, or you can find it on my website, brianhabble.com. Now this is going to be a two-part series. Uh, so today uh, we're doing the first part and then next month is going to be the second part heart but I'm very excited about it I hope you are doing well and uh, let's dive into the content for today so when I look at the word of God I see in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 the following without faith it is impossible to please God another translation says it is impossible for God to be happy with such a person I also see in James chapter 2, verse 17, In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith without works, faith without deeds, is dead. Now, we are not saved by our deeds. We are saved by the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But you know, after we are saved... We show this through our deeds, through the way that we live our lives. So what do we know? We know that we can't please God without faith, and faith is always something that is active. It's always connected to a deed. Faith is always linked with action, and that is why we are going to talk about this topic, faith in action. However, I notice a lot of people that their faith is not really that active, but rather passive. Now, what is the difference, you might ask? Well, people with a passive faith, I call the rather lazy than tired Christians. Well, some of you might know it, but I'm from the Netherlands. I'm born and raised in the Netherlands. And we have a saying here, and it is literally translated rather lazy than tired. And this is what it means. It talks about people that are rather lazy. They rather do nothing. They rather lay in their bed, lay on the couch, uh, basically don't do anything than that they're tired. So uh, then that they're uh, taking steps, that they're working, that they're doing things, that they're taking action. So what do I mean when I say this? Well, these people are not willing to take action when it comes to their faith. They say things like, if God wants to see something come to pass, then that is entirely dependent on him, but I do not play a part in it. Well, then you also have the people with an active faith. These people I call the let it happen Christians. 
These people are willing to take action when it comes to their faith. And they say things like, if God wants to see something come to pass, then that is not entirely dependent on him. I play a big part in it. And if I don't do what I can do or need to do, then God won't do what only he can do. Now, just to clarify, this is no doubt about the omnipotence or the power of God that these people have, but it is a direct follow-up on the Bible verses that we just read, that without faith it is impossible to please God, and faith without deeds is dead. These people know and realize that God always works in partnership with men. And when you look at the Bible, when you look in the Old Testament, the New Testament, God always desires that his work is being done by people. Now, it is the power of God that flows through them, and it is the power of God that makes these impossible things happen. But God wants and desires to use people to accomplish his will on this earth. So there you have the difference between active and passive faith. Now, whichever group you belong to, either the active or the passive Christians, there is something that we all have in common, and that is the following. We all love stories of faith. That's right. We all love stories that God made something impossible possible. Let me give you an example. When we look in the Bible, we see this story about Joshua standing in front of the Jordan River with an entire nation behind it. And these people had come from Egypt. They had come from um, um, Egypt and they had been uh, through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, and they had been in the desert for 40 years. But there comes a moment when Joshua is the new leader of these people and he stands in front of the Jordan River and they go through the Jordan River into the promised land on dry ground. That's right, you heard me well. Now it was a very wet season, uh, the water was way beyond um, what it normally was, and uh, but but they walked, they, they made a step and the water parted just like in the Red Sea and it was completely dry. Now, this is a a great and amazing story about how God opened the river uh, as he had done before. It was a great miracle. And we as people love these kinds of stories. We are so fascinated, built up, and fired up when we hear such a story about how God has made the impossible possibles. Testimonies, even today, about healings, miracles, providences, and deliverances. They, they really can't stop us from having a good day. We say things like, oh, how special and how great and what an amazing thing that God has done. Anyway, before such a moment of, of breakthrough, there's always a process that is before it. But you know what? Our focus is not really on the process because, hey, God has made the impossible possible, right? You know, who cares about the process? Well, I think God cares a lot about the process. I think he's really interested in the process. I actually think that God is much more interested in how we live our lives day in and day out than the great miracle at the end. And I believe that all of our 
small daily choices, our attitudes, the way we live our lives is all connected to one another, to one another. And at the end, there is that result of the great miracle and the really special things that God has done. Now, I'm not just saying this because I think it, but I want to explain it to you through the word of God. And in order to do it, I want to mention five characteristics of faith in action. We're going to continue with the story that we just read about Joshua that crossed this humongous Jordan River. It was a great miracle that God had done, but there's an entire process that happened before that. And we're going to talk about that process today. We're going to mention five characteristics of faith in action. And the first characteristic when we talk about Joshua is that Joshua had an intimate relationship with God. You know, Joshua, he was a young man, and he's being described as being the leader of the army, and, uh, and he actually didn't have parents. That's right. Joshua, um, he was the only person in the Bible that, that has never had any parents because, you know, he's called the son of Nun. I'm just kidding. He's called the son of Nun, but it's spelled differently, but... There's a little joke for you. Of course he had parents. Only Adam and Eve didn't have parents. Well, God, well, well you know, you know how that goes. All right, so the first characteristic that we're going to cover is that Joshua had an intimate relationship with God. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, we see the following. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but this young man, Joshua, the son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Well, what's going on here? It's talking about a tent. What kind of tent? Well, it's not talking about one of the tents that you go camping in. Um, it's talking about a very special tent. This tent is also called the tabernacle, and in the tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, in it were the Ten Commandments that Moses received from the Lord, and uh, there, it was gold, there were two angels above the Ark of the Covenant, and it was where the presence of God was. And the Bible describes it as a great cloud that dwelt on this tent, it dwelt on on the ark and Moses would go in this tent to meet with God and to speak with God and as we read in this verse he would speak to him face to face as one speaks to a friend and then it says Moses would go out the tent but there's just small sentence that is so important it says that Joshua did not leave the tent in other words Joshua didn't want to leave from the presence of God Joshua did not want to go away from this presence. He wanted to stay there. He wanted to stay close to God. He had such a great desire to constantly be in the presence of God. Let me ask you a question today. Do you have such a great desire to be in the presence of God? Do you? Do you have a great desire to... Pray to him, read your Bible, go to church, listen to 
maybe sermons or material online to get you filled up and fired up with the Word of God? Do you? Joshua had such an intimate relationship with God, and that is the first characteristic that we see about faith in action. Let's go to the second characteristic. The second characteristic we find is Numbers chapter 27. There's a situation that Moses calls for Joshua for him uh, to come to him. And um, it actually says in Numbers chapter 27, verse 18 to 20, it says the following. It says, So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so the whole Israel community will obey him. You know, eventually Joshua was chosen as a leader. But over here, we see that he was a man in whom is the spirit of leadership. In a different translation, we see that he was full of the spirit. A man who is spirit for filth. A different translation says, a man in whom was the power of the Spirit. You know an important characteristic about Joshua? Joshua, he was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, he was. He was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, as you might know, in the New Testament, every single person can be fulfilled by the Holy Spirit, when they believe in Jesus, when they have accepted him in his heart, he will come and dwell in him. But in the Old Testament, that wasn't really the case. There were only specific people on whom the Spirit of God dwelt, in whom they fulfilled. Now, Joshua was one of them. Now, I think, and, um, you know, that it's linked to one another, Uh, the first and the second characteristic. We just read that Joshua was constantly in this tabernacle. He was constantly in this tent where the presence of God dwelt. And so I'm not too surprised to see that he was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit spoke to him and was leading his life. Very important to see. Well, then we have the third characteristic of Joshua. Again, we're talking about a person of faith in action. And the following story is a very famous story. If you've grown up in church, you'll know it. If you haven't grown up in church, don't worry. We're going to explain it to you uh, so it will be clear. Um, But the Lord had promised something to all the people of him. He had led them out of slavery from Egypt and brought them to the desert. But in Exodus chapter 33, verses 1 to 3, there's something very important that is written here. Listen carefully. Here it says, The Lord said to Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on oath to Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out all the nations in that country. Go up to the land flowing with milk and with 
honey. And so there comes a point in the story, and that story is found in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, where Moses is commanding 12 men, one man each of the a tribe of Israel, to go visit this promised land and to spy on it, and then to bring record back a report to the people of the land that God is going to give it to them. Now, just realize, just print this very careful, carefully in your mind. God had promised that he would give them this land. Now, when God promised something, we know that he's going to give it. We know that God is going to keep his word. God is not someone that would lie. He when he says yes, it's yes. And we, when he says it's no, it's no. God says yes. I am going to give you the land. Now go check it out. So there are these 12 men and they're going to check out the land of Canaan, the promised land, the land that they're going to have later. And they're looking in the, in the cities and they're looking in the land and they're looking in the, at the animals and at the crops, the flowers, the vegetables, uh, but also the people, what kind of people are living there. Um, is, it, is, it, is it nice? Is it good? And so after 40 days, these 12 men, they come back. Now, Joshua was one of these 12 men, and um, he, he, he went with them. And when they came back, these, there were 10 men from these 12, 10 men, that went back and told the people of Israel, they were in the desert, all of them. He said, they said, the land is amazing, it's beautiful, it's great, it looks good, but guess what? We can never possess it. Because there are people in the land and they're big and they're strong and there's no possible way that we are going to be able to take possession of the land. We cannot defeat them. And you know what happened? All the people believed their negative and bad report. But there were two spies and Joshua was one of them. The other one was Caleb. And they had a different kind of report. And I want to read that with you. Uh, Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 to 9. Listen very carefully what the response was from Joshua and Caleb. It says, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. The Lord is pleased with us. He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Joshua and Caleb had a different kind of report. And there comes in the third principle, that Joshua had an attitude of positivity, optimism, and an outrageous faith. Caleb and Joshua, they are recognizing there are big people in there. Uh, that's right, there are other nations. But guess what? We can surely defeat them. We can devour them because the Lord is with us. And the Lord is not with them. The Lord is with us. So we shouldn't be afraid. We should just go up and take possession of the land because God had spoken to us. Well, guess what? 
The people didn't believe him. The scripture even says that the people, they tried to stone him. They tried to kill him. But the presence of the Lord, it says, the presence of the Lord protected them. Well, there's a very sad thing that happened. Because the people, the ten spies, they didn't believe that God would do what he said he would do. But there were many, many, many people from the, from the, the, the people of Egypt, the people, the Israelites, excuse me, they also believed this negative report. Well, guess what? They didn't enter the promised land. They stayed in the wilderness right where they were, and they stayed there. And you know why? Because they didn't believe the Lord, and they didn't trust that the Lord really would bring them into the land. Well, how can we apply this into our lives? Very simple. Do you trust God? And do you trust that the promises that he made in his words for your life will come to pass? Do you promise or do you believe that the things God has spoken to you concerning your future, concerning the plan that he has for you, concerning the gifts that he has given you, do you believe that God is going to bring it to pass? If you don't, you'll stay right where you are if you do, then God can take you further. God can continue with your life. The Lord can't do much with people that don't fully trust him. Do you have a negative attitude or do you have a positive attitude? Do you have an attitude of optimism and outrageous faith? Joshua had it and so should we. Well, we're going to conclude the session for today. Next month, we're continuing and uh, we're going to uh, cover two more principles about a person of faith in action. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you next time. God bless you and thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you for listening to this message. The gospel means the good news. And this good news is that Jesus Christ can save and change the lives of every person in this world. That is what he has done for me and he can do for you when you accept him in your life. Why should we keep this amazing message to ourselves? I challenge you to share it with the people around you. You are able to reach people that I might not be able to reach. If this message has encouraged you, you can show your appreciation by placing a comment, share it on social media, and talk about it with your friends. I want to say thank you for your help in advance. I hope you have a great day. God bless you and until next month.